0: Thanks so much for tuning in to the Mooney Ponds Baptist Church Podcast. Here we upload our weekly teachings that happen every Sunday at our 10am service. If we can help you in any way, feel free to reach out to us. And check out our website at mpbc.org.au So good morning. Uh, it's great to be here this morning to be able to um, share God's word with you. Um, I don't know... How How it sort of came about but today as uh, Nathan was saying it's Father's Day but I've got to preach on anger I don't know (laughs) that's what was assigned to me so that's what I'm going to share with you this morning about anger Um, maybe it's a message me personally or maybe it's a message for all fathers I don't know but that's a message um, that we are going to look at this morning um, if you've got your Bible with you or your phone with a Bible in it's going to be a few verses from Proverbs um, we are sort of in the middle of a series Called Wisdom for Living. Um, so it's, today is about anger. A couple of weeks ago, uh, Rodney spoke about envy, how we turn green with envy, if you still remember that. Um, Nathan shared a bit about um, hatred and also how it leads to a breakdown in relationships. So this morning, I'm going to share with you about anger. So it's about wisdom for living from uh, the book of Proverbs. Um, So last week, uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, when uh, Rodney shared about envy, being green with envy, um, I did a research on colors concerning some of our emotions and I came across a Marvel character called the Incredible Hulk. Right? What color does he turn into when he gets really, really angry? So Rodney is green with anger. i <laughs> um, that's, that's not, I don't think it's really, you really turn green with anger, um, because anger is about an emotion, and so when you get that sort of feeling of anger, you've got that rush of something inside your body, maybe adrenaline or something, that causes blood to flow through the whole body, isn't it? And so you really turn red, right? Not green, but red. Um, So it is sort of um, an emotion that we feel when something, either internally or externally, provoke us to have some sort of a, or triggers something inside of us to have that sort of emotion. And um, what, what what happens here is that in Hebrew that word anger has got to do with the nose. Right? So if you do a bit of research on the Hebrew words that's assigned to anger, it has to do with the nose. Right? And when it says, for example, that God is slow to anger, literally, it has The word of God has got a long nose. Right? So the longer your nose is, the slower you are to anger. That's according to the Hebrew word used for anger. So that's why I had in the church bulletin, how long is your nose? Right? Some of us has got a really short nose. And some of us, have has got a long nose. But anger has got to do with that, um, with that emotion. Uh, it's, it's not sort of always a negative thing. It can be a positive thing as well, in the sense that we are told, for example, um, that God in the Bible, that God is slow to anger, but he's also got his wrath on the people that disobeyed him, that does not go according to what he's asking them to do. And when we get angry about sort of things like injustice and things like that, it's something which is positive in the sense that it's something that helps us or triggers us to do something about the injustice when we are angry about that. But Unfortunately, most of the time when we get angry, we dealt with the anger in an unhealthy sort of way. And so it results in some sort of a sinful action or sinful behavior. Um, And quite often, it interferes with our relationship, it interferes with the way we work, the way we relate with others. And so I think this morning what we will try to do is to seek out some sort of a healthy way to handle how we react to anger. So but before we go a bit deeper into um, the text from Proverbs, um, Let's sort of reflect very briefly on what that particular book of Proverbs is about. It's slightly different from the other books as well. It's part of what we call the wisdom literature. And it's got sort of like a lot of very short instructions for us to be able to live an effective life here on earth, and so the other books—they've um, got sort of some narratives, stories. They've got some theological truth. They've got some sort of prophetic, sort of utterances. But proverbs is slightly different. Um, so it instructs us in the path of wisdom and so it covers a lot of things that we in our normal life circumstances in our normal life that we come across and how do we apply it how do we apply things like anger in our lives but i think that right from the beginning of the book of Proverbs, it states the very obvious and the important thing about what Proverbs is all about. So Proverbs chapter 1, it says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The fear is not things that we are afraid of. Nowadays, when we talk about fear, It's something we are afraid of, right? Um, But that fear is the way that we view God with reverence, with deep reverence, the sort of respect that he deserves because of who he is. So it means that when we fear him, or when we have that deep respect for God, that we live our lives in accordance to or in the light of what we know of him. So we hold him in our highest estimation, right? But we also depend on him with trust because of who he is and what he's done for us. So Proverbs teaches us about that sort of uh, knowledge and how we can live our lives through His wisdom. Okay, so let's go through some of the um, verses that has to do with anger. The first one is Proverbs chapter fourteen, verse twenty-nine, and it says. People with understanding control their anger. A hot temper shows great foolishness. So it says, People with understanding control their anger. A hot temper shows great foolishness. So normally what happens is, in Hebrew, The word for patience um, and understanding, normally they come together, right? And there's no verb in between to separate patience and understanding. So patience here is the key to us having that understanding on how to control our anger. That is, having a long nose, right? So bear in mind that anger is about the nose, is about the length of our nose, right? And so when we are patient, when we have that sort of patient, we have an understanding on how to control that anger. So this gives us some sort of principle as you want on how to control that anger. But here too he says in that verse that a hot temper shows great foolishness because when we are angry, we do things that a lot of times we regret about what we have said or what we've done. So patience with understanding, control, anger. But a hot temper is all about foolishness. It demonstrates, it shows foolishness. And then we move on to Proverbs 15. Two verses there. A gentle answer deflects anger but harsh words make tempers flare. A gentle answer turns away or deflects anger or wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. And verse 18, it says, a hot-tempered person starts fights, A cool-tempered person stops them. These are also, if you want to, principles about how we can control our tempers. Anger. How it controls the way we react to something, either internally or externally, that causes us to have that flow of Adrenaline, if you want, that causes us to be angry. So a gentle answer. So when someone starts sort of triggering something inside of you, what Proverbs here is saying, instead of letting out harsh words or just allowing our temper to sort of, make us say words that we can regret later on, is saying gentle answer deflects anger. Remember previously in chapter 14 when we were reading about patience? And that's something that, um, if you want to, um, that I've had personally um, the experience, if you want, of having general answer or general words. So w- when I was young, many, 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 many years ago, uh, I did have quite a hot temper. So I, I still remember when, when I became a Christian, when I accepted the Lord as my Lord and Savior, that's one of the things that I wanted to work on, that I realized that that's not something that will help me. So I was talking to a pastor, and what he reckons, what he's taught me, and what I've been practicing for many decades now is whenever I feel something sort of coming up that sort of is driving me to say something that I don't want to say, I count to 10. It's, it's, it's a reaction now for me personally. I count to 10 and before I say anything, before I speak anything. And that helps me to personally cool down a bit before I answer, before I say anything. I'm not saying it's, it always works. Sometimes I do break that 10-second, and I say words that most probably I will regret later on. So a gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words make tempers flare. Can you, can you really think about situations where someone says something to you, and immediately you just reflect back in harsh words? the person. What happens? The temperature goes up, right? And you start getting a hot nose or a red nose, right? This is what happens. And so these are principles that we can work on. And in verse 18, he says, a hot-tempered person starts fights, but a cool-tempered person stops them. in in conflict sort of resolution sort of situation, um, when I was working with um, the Baptist Union, uh, a lot of times we had to do some sort of conflict resolution. And one of the things that we... Uh, we, we are supposed to be the um, the neutral part there. And one of the things that we were doing was to be the what we call the calming presence in the room. So when you have two sides, each side trying to argue their point in very loud voices, we have to be the calming presence in the room for us to be able to say, okay, pull down the temperature. Let us think properly about what's happening. So, hot-tempered person starts fight; Cool-tempered person stops them. This is what we are trying to do. Let's move on. Proverbs 16, verse 32, it says, Better to be patient than powerful. Better to have self-control than to conquer a city. That's when you think about it, how can self-control be better than conquering a city? Because here we are talking about uh, the times when those leaders, they were powerful people and they were using force to conquer their enemies. But here he says that Better to be patient than powerful. And better to have self-control than to conquer a city. So this, this proverb here, or this verse in Proverbs, it points out to us about things that distinguish a person. It points out about... A patient person, one who can control their emotions or their moods, which is better than a warrior or a leader who is trying to conquer a city. That's how God values patience. A long nose, right? Slow to anger. Because sometimes when we use force, and you've heard about the war happening in different places, in Sudan, in Ukraine, you can see the disaster that that brings to the people in there. The hurt that happens. So it's, it's similar to the thing about patience. When we are patient, When we try to keep calm under very extreme, if you want, situations that cause us to be angry, this helps to cool down the temperature and to bring peace, if you want, to the situation that's happening, okay? So... Proverbs 19, verse 11, and it's all about, if you see the trend there, it's all about patience, it's all about control, right? So, Proverbs nineteen eleven it says, sensible people control their temper. They earn respect by overlooking wrongs. But hot-tempered people, which is verse 19, hot-tempered people must pay the penalty. If you rescue them once, you will have to do it again. That's the result of, if you want to, hot-temperedness. Because what he's saying here is, If someone cannot control their temper, the way they react to external or internal sort of situations, and we rescue them all the time, that will not be helping them, is it? Because what it's saying here is we rescue them once they will do it again. We rescue them twice, they will do it again. Right? So, what we need to be doing is, sometimes, we can overlook the wrongs, just to bring peace. By overlooking, I'm not saying you forget about it. But you overlook that, um, so that, we can win peace so that we can control the temperature of the things that's happening in there. And it's interesting because when I was researching that, um, Proverbs 19.19, 19, it says, hot-tempered people must pay the penalty. If you rescue them once, you will have to do it again. It's just after Proverbs 19, verse 18, which is discipline your children while there is hope, otherwise you will ruin their lives. Um, it's, it's, <clears throat> it's sort of about being diligent in the way in which we raise our children right? And it's also about the fact that we need to guide them, we need to help them, we need to support them, especially if we see them being hot-tempered. And if it's about being hot-tempered, sometimes we need to allow them to pay the penalty, because then there's a lesson to be learned in there. Okay, Then we go to Proverbs 29, verse 22 and 23. And it says, an angry person starts fights. A hot-tempered person commits all kinds of sin. Pride ends in humiliation while humility brings honor. An angry person starts fights. A hot-tempered person commits all kinds of sin. You see there what I've been leading you to about an angry person, due to the way that they react to that sort of things, that stirring the inside of them, they start fights a hot-tempered person commits all kinds of sin. Because when we are angry, we do things that, either through words or through action, we do things that most probably we regret afterwards. And you've heard about situations where um, angry people allowing their temper to control them, doing all sorts of basically life-threatening things. And you've heard about family violence, for example. Uh, How many people have been murdered as a result of their their spouse or their partners doing things as a result of the breakdown in relationship? That's due to the deep anger. So these, these are... Briefly, um, the verses that has to do with anger in Proverbs. So how do we deal with anger? We've seen the principle, for example, we've seen about patience. We've seen about not using harsh words, right? We've seen about the fact that we need to be the calming presence in the room when things like that happen. So how do we deal with that? Um, There is, there are also some myths about the fact that um, we always imagine a person with anger uh, always sort of screaming or yelling or, fist raised and stuff like that. Um, but there are more subtle forms of anger and that's, that's why uh, maybe I would like you to or encourage you to think about because what, what happens is sometimes we do carry anger inside of us without showing it in externally I don't know whether you heard about that, but you bottle in all your emotions and it stays inside until one day you burst. So these are the sort of things that I think we need to think about when we talk about anger is how often do we feel angry inside without expressing it, right? So... For us to be able to maybe think about things, um, let's talk about some sort of signs of anger, signs that, yes, we need to deal with some of those emotions that we are feeling. And I must say that I've borrowed that sort of... um, guidelines from a website called uh, called Tacoma Christian Counseling. It's, It's on their website. So if you want to, you can go to their website. So these are some sort of a sign, if you want, of anger. Aggressiveness, we know. We've spoken about that when someone sort of Uh, Shows their emotion about anger. Um, Here in their website they say about punching walls and stuff like that. Um, Or abusing someone else. Um, Then they talk about being passive-aggressive. That is, you might not show your anger through shouting through sort of hitting the wall but sometimes we become sarcastic about things sometimes we are mean to someone because we're angry that that person is doing something that we want to do but that we cannot do and so we say something which is sarcastic or mean to that person well how about being bitter towards another person. That person has got the promotion that I wanted, I should have got it, and I didn't, so I'm bitter against that person. How about when you try to harm someone else? Maybe physically even, you feel like you want to physically harm that person, Or you stay angry for days. Biblical principle, don't let the the day go down with your anger. And the other thing is you get angry quickly and often. Anything that upsets you, you start allowing your emotion inside, your temperature to go up. Or you blame others for your anger. It's not about me. It's about that, what that person is doing. That's why I'm angry, right? And then how do we deal with that? God's why. The three R's. Um, normally in, in Bible school, we are told about the three points, Right? So this is a three point, the three R's for you to take away with. The first one is to restrain it. Proverbs, as I was saying, Proverbs twenty nine eleven, it says, fools vent their anger, but the wise quietly hold it back. It doesn't mean that we bury everything down, but we restrain it. We hold it back. Second one is we evaluate it. Remember the 10 seconds I was talking to you about? For me, maybe it doesn't apply to you. Maybe for you three seconds or something is is enough. But that's about restraining. That's about allowing that the temperature to go down, and then at the same time reevaluate what's happening. Um, James, in chapter 1, it says, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. Long does? Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. So it's all about being slow to anger and re-evaluating our words, their words, their actions, our actions. And the third one is about releasing it. And I think this is the most difficult part, is to release that. But Colossians chapter three verse eight says, but now you must also rid yourself of all such things as these. Right? The first one is anger. Rid ourselves of all such things as these anger, rage, malice, slander and filthy language from your lips. Sometimes it might be just talking to someone about it, about the situation. It might have to do with maybe counseling, talking to a professional about it if you feel like this is something you need. So you release it. So the three R's they are to restrain, they are to reevaluate, they are to release. Right? And let's bear in mind about the fact that the fear of the Lord is or leads to knowledge. It's all about how we view God. It's all about how deeply do we respect him. How deeply do we give him the respect that he deserves. And as believers, as Christians, how do we react to other people when we feel that there's something inside of us that's bringing the temperature up, right? How long is our nose? And I sincerely wish I had a long nose. And I know, is it Pinocchio, who when he lies, his nose grows? But this is not biblical. Pinocchio is not biblical. The biblical thing is that when we have a long nose, we are very slow to be angry. So what what I would like us to do this morning is to reflect on how we react to anger. How we deal with situations, circumstances that causes us to really react in a way that's not godly, that shows that we have a really short nose. And it's red hot. So I will use communion as a way for us to do that. Because communion is something that helps us to remind ourselves about what has God done for us. Right? Anger. Was thrown on him right there on the cross. Right? We don't need to carry this in our lives. He's done all that's required for us, as believers, for us to be able to deal with things in these lives. I know sometimes it's difficult. I know sometimes. It's not how we want things to happen, how we would like to see happen. But I strongly believe that he's nailed all those things to the cross when Christ died for us on that cross. So communion is about remembering him who has paid the price for all of us. Much more than we can ever think or imagine what he's done for us. The pain and suffering that he went, not because he deserves it, but because of what he was doing for me and for you. That's what communion is about. It's about remembering that.